0: Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It's great to be back with you again after taking a week off. Um, We are starting a new sermon series here at our church, and I'm looking forward to sharing more about that with you in a second. But first, let me read the scripture that we'll be focusing on uh, this week. This comes from the book of Acts, uh, and it is uh, from the 10th chapter, verses 44 through 48. Here are these words. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. I was listening to the This American Life uh, podcast a while ago and heard a really interesting story that was first um, broadcast in the late 90s. And uh, the title of the whole episode was The Kindness of Strangers. It started off with the host, Ira Glass interviewing another guy named Brett. Uh, and Brett was talking about this um, story that a time he was on the New York subway, or actually he was waiting for the subway to come by. And as Brett was waiting there for the train, he noticed that there was this random guy who was going up to people and saying something and then walking along. And Brett couldn't quite figure out what this was all about, so he tried to, to listen in a little bit on what this guy was doing. And this guy was just going up to people and looking at them and saying, you, you you're out, you're gone. And then he would go up to another person and say, you, you can stay. Now, we have absolutely no idea who this guy is. We have no idea what he's judging these people on. We have no idea what they are in or out of. (laughs) It's just this very random, somewhat hilarious thing that Brett was observing. And he couldn't quite get how he was, um, discerning who's in and out. So for example, a young immigrant mother was in a bookish balding cardigan sweater wearing man, uh, which perhaps sometimes, uh, describes me. I have to say that this guy was out, whatever it is that they were in or out of, uh, Brett found himself as the guy was getting closer and closer to Brett. He found himself kind of getting a little anxious, a little nervous. This was again total stranger. We have no idea what this what this means, but he wanted he wanted to be in. And so as the man approached him and looked Brett up and down, he said, "You, you're in." And Brett found himself just so relieved and a little part of him was rejoicing. He was in, and then he found himself too looking at others and having a little bit of pity on those who were out, even though, of course, this means absolutely nothing at all. I love this story for lots of reasons, but it talks a little bit, it touches on this whole notion of who's in and who's out, and that certainly is a common theme at Urban Village. If you you had to pick one uh, sermon series topic or sermon topic, inclusion and radical welcome would certainly be in the top five, if not the very top. So that fits into this series that we're starting called, Can I Get a Witness? And so when we talk about this whole notion of radical welcome and talking about, then how do we share that? And particularly today, I want to focus on how do we share our faith in ways uh, and at times when we weren't expecting it. So uh, we talk about it at our church and we can sometimes or, or often think about we are going to be radically welcoming in our worship. And so we know from this time to this time, we want to make sure that everybody knows that they are, uh, that we desire to have them there in our space. Or perhaps when we go out, sometimes we will walk in parades or we'll have a presence at a summer festival and we'll think to ourselves, all right, when we walk in this parade, we are going to be radically welcoming. When we are set up at this booth, we are going to be radically welcoming. So for those of us who like schedules and like to put these things in our calendar, that's really efficient and helpful. So we know when and how we can be welcoming at that time. Now, the problem is we also worship a uh, sometimes surprising God, and being radically welcome doesn't always fit into our schedules. And so what happens when the Holy Spirit works in ways that we did not anticipate and challenges us to, to include people that we did not expect? Interruptions happen all the time in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit wants to do when people uh, are ready for it or not. And we see this a little bit today in this passage that I read from Acts 10. And we want to back up just a little bit to the beginning of Acts to give you a little bit of context of what's happening here. So it starts with this man named Cornelius, who is a Roman centurion. The text tells us that Cornelius is a devout man, fears God, gives generously. Uh, Cornelius was visited by an angel of God, and it says to Cornelius, I want you to send some men to Joppa to meet with a man named Peter. Now, Peter may be a name that you are familiar with. He was one of Jesus' disciples, perhaps could be called the uh, number one disciple. So this sets up uh, this meeting. So now we cut to Peter something's happening to Peter. Peter is on this uh, roof and he's praying. And the text tells us that he falls into this trance. And then in this trance, there's this large sheet and the scripture tells us that all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds are descending and then there's a voice that tells Peter to kill and eat these animals. Now Peter is is Jewish. He's a, uh, and so he has been taught to not eat these kinds of animals, So he says, no, these are not clean animals. And then a voice again tells Peter what you have called profane, I have made clean. And this is stated three different times. So Peter, here's an interruption. Peter was not expecting this, I would imagine, when he goes up to the roof to pray. And so something is happening here. So now we go back to Cornelius' men. They have finally made their way and they show up and Peter invites them in and he hears their story. And so he goes with these men back to meet with Cornelius and Cornelius' friends. And at first, Peter's taken aback by all this. So again, Cornelius is a Roman centurion. He is a Gentile. And as I noted, Peter is a Jew. And so for those of you who are on dating apps and you find someone that you find perhaps at least a little interesting, I know you swipe right. I don't think there's an evangelism app out there. Uh, that helps connect you with, this is the kind of person that I can share my faith with because we align. We we have uh, very similar backgrounds or we have similar interests. Uh, we live in the same neighborhood, whatever it is. And so we may think, I, I would love to share my faith with somebody with whom I can swipe right. Peter and Cornelius, definitely a swipe left kind of pairing. They just come from totally different backgrounds. And this is what Peter initially says in verse 28, Peter says, You yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile. So stop there at first. Peter is acknowledging this is not a, a very good pairing. The verse continues, though. It says, But God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. Something's happening here in Peter's so, Cornelius now tells Peter this story about being visited by this angel. Peter responds by sharing this awakening that's happening in him and Peter says, "I truly understand now that God shows no partiality." And that brings us to our to our text today that we read. Peter is and the others there are overwhelmed by what's happening and Peter says, "We have to baptize these people. I have been convinced." God puts people in our paths often. God interrupts our lives, whether we like it or not, and whether we see it or not, or notice it or not. So the question is, uh, how will we respond? The question is not, is God going to do this? Because I think God does it probably every single day, and we are unaware. So the question is for us, how do we respond to this? I was reading an excerpt from a scholar named Dr. Noel Leo Erskine in reflecting on this passage and he writes this. He said, the spirit of God intervenes, indeed interrupts the rhythm of Peter's plans in order to make him aware of what God is seeking to make happen through him. So the spirit of God is trying to wake Peter up and the same thing happens for us. Are we going to be ready for it? And then how will we respond to it? So I think a first question before we get to that, though, is how do we feel about our own faith? Whenever we've been doing these um, spiritual gift assessments uh, at our site, at our church, and I've not looked at all the results yet, but my hunch is that evangelism is going to be a pretty low uh, gift. It's something that perhaps makes people the most nervous about how to share our faith. And when we think about sharing our faith with somebody with whom we don't uh, know Or with whom perhaps we are a little uncomfortable, that really then also ramps up our anxiety. But before we think about that, I think first we have to do some thinking about how do I feel about my faith? Is it something that I'm embarrassed by, ashamed of, uncomfortable with? And people often will think, I don't know what to say. I don't know the Bible very well. I don't haven't read any books about on evangelism. Really, none of that really makes a whole lot of difference. But I think first we have to really reflect on this question. How do I feel about my faith? There's a passage in the book of Romans, Romans 1.16. This is a man named Paul who is writing and he talks about his own faith. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul is beginning to get it. That this word is for everyone who has faith. Regardless of their of their background, but the first part, I am not ashamed of the gospel, and then says what the gospel is. It is the power of God for salvation. Salvation is one of those loaded words in this context. Often, salvation, when it's used in the scriptures, means rescue. And the setting that Paul was writing, it's really the the rescue of of the nation of Israel from pagan oppression from the Romans, wanting to be rescued from them. Salvation to save means that we are. Here, not necessarily to rescue anyone, but to offer rescue, to offer healing for folks. Do you know anyone in your life who needs to be rescued from something? Whether it is a purposeless life, rescued from profound guilt and shame, rescued from loneliness, could be any number of things. If we know someone like that, and if we believe that our faith can help somebody come out of that, isn't this something that we want to be prepared to share? And we can begin to tell our own story. It's one of the reasons why we do testimony at Urban Village to get people to feel a little bit more comfortable with being okay with telling their faith story. Faith sharing is is not an equation. It is not. If somebody says X, then you say Y, and then they will come to Z and say, ah, okay, This is is how it is now in my own life. It's about a willingness just to kind of say, you know, I think this faith of mine, which I believe is here for all, is something worth sharing. And then once we come to that, then we find ourselves hopefully being open to when these strangers come into our midst so that we can be radically welcoming and open when the Spirit does place people in our paths. And this happened to me. Uh, I sometimes am, am unaware of it or I'm not open to it. And it happened to me a few weeks ago. I was, as many of you know, on Mondays is my day off. And so I try not to check any social media or email, anything like that. Uh, and I really kind of tune, tune it out, everything around me. So on this particular Monday, um, a few weeks ago, the uh, Chicago White Sox were playing a Monday day game. And these are so rare. Uh, But it was one of those bitterly cold, low 30s kind of days. So on the one hand, a miserable day for baseball. But for me, I thought, you know what? Just how I dress, uh, if I prepare, wear coat, hat, gloves, all the things, it'll be an empty ballpark. I can sit, you know, almost anywhere I want. I'm going. So I was there sitting just a few rows from the field. Uh, The White Sox were playing uh, and I was enjoying myself. I was cold, but I was enjoying myself. Had my hot dog, had my beer in front of me, and just was taking it all in. And then the phone rings. And at first, I usually just kind of let those go, particularly on Mondays. Again, I was talking about you know Mondays shutting everything out. But I noticed that it was a an area code of Central Iowa, and so I thought I thought this could be somebody that I know. And so I, I pick up the phone, and at first the voice that calls out to me. And the voice called me by my college nickname. And I have not been called this for years and years and years. I graduated from college 25 plus years ago. And so I am like thinking, who is this who is calling me by this name? And he started laughing and I still am like, I have no clue who this is. So finally He identifies himself and it was a guy that I was in a fraternity with and with whom I roomed for a semester and I I had a good relationship with him but you know sometimes in in our lives we just we have relationships friendships with people for a certain part of our life whether it's college or high school whatever and not that you don't want to stay in touch but you move on to that next part of your life and you meet a new group of people that you are in connection with and community with and to try to keep up with everybody. And even social media is now beginning to help us do this, but we just can't. We focus in on our, our families, or we focus in on the friends who, who live around us at that part of our life. And so he called, uh, and I was like totally taken aback by this. And he started sharing out of his own life, and one of the first things he did, he wanted to share about his own faith. Uh, he talked about how he was... Uh, had been, uh, he had resigned from his job and was looking for his job. And it was almost like he's Catholic, but it's almost like he was giving me confession here. And it was slightly jarring because I'm used to him being my roommate. Uh, but it, I had to kind of shift a little bit into, into pastor mode. And I, I confess to you, there's a little bit of, uh, it's Monday, you know, it, it's my day off. Uh, and I'm not really ready to put my pastor hat on but it was such an engaging conversation. And then it was really good to hear from him. And we didn't really talk that long. And he said, I'll let you get back to the game. Uh, but he said, can you pray for me? Or can we say a prayer? And my first, I don't know if I actually said this or not. My first was reaction was, here? I'm sitting down watching a baseball game. And there was a little tiny piece of me, too, that's kind of like, you know, people might hear me. Well, they think it's weird. That here I am saying a prayer for you on the phone while watching this baseball game. But then I remembered that the Spirit interrupts us in places that we don't know or even imagine possible. So I said a prayer for Him and we closed our conversation. And it was just yet another reminder to me I never know how God is going to work, I never do. And sometimes I'm more open to it than others. I said absolutely nothing that was profound, I think, in this conversation. All I did was really listen to him, and I offered a prayer. And I think when we are interrupted in our own lives, and if we are ready to be uh, open to the interruptions that God places uh, in our own lives, and we are ready to share our faith. And by that meaning, just share, you know, I uh, this is who I am and this is what faith has meant to me. Or maybe we are just called to listen and say a, a, a halting prayer. That might be just the right thing too. The key is to being open to interruptions. You never know when someone will be walking up to us in a subway. And that person could be the person who needs to be listened to. Or maybe it's someone in your own life who you just know needs to be rescued from something. And so pray about that person too and see how can this person hear from me. And I want that during this sermon series in May to think about that one person that you're really praying for every single day and pray that there might be an opportunity for you To begin to share this is what my faith is so that they might be rescued so that they might have a sense of god saying to them regardless of what they're wearing or who they're from both the immigrant mother and the bookish balding cardigan swearing cardigan sweater wearing man that spirit that's saying you you're in may we be the bridge for that so that those in our lives Strangers and friends They would know that message Amen Well friends Thank you for listening uh, To this podcast <clears throat> uh, You can always um, Reach out to me Chris at urbanvillagechurch.org Is my email address Twitter I'm at Christian Kuhn My website is christiankuhn.com Where you can listen to my other podcast The Feeling Bolder podcast And um, it's great to interact with you in those ways. And so until the next time uh, that we're together, may the peace of Christ be with you.